Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. Got Parker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Gregory's touchdown. The Bills make me wanna shout. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It go oh, to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7.100.1.ESPNRadio.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
Where my, where's my Bills Mafia? The Bills make me wanna kick your heels up and shout. I have a discussion to have about the Buffalo Bills. I'm rather annoyed. Something when it comes to your Buffalo Bills. We will get to that later in the show, but be hanging here about an hour from now. We get into the discussion on your Buffalo Bills who start the NFL season tomorrow. We've got a fun announcement for Bills Mafia. We're going to make that announcement about an hour from now, 5.05-ish. Okay? Here's an announcement. Hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Yeah, that's all well and good, but uh, you'll find out why Uncle Brent's annoyed. Later in the show, we will get to that. Uh, certainly the opposite of annoyed. We are thrilled uh, to welcome Kelly Gramlick onto the program today. She's going to join us right here in this hour, 425. Kelly Gramlick, formerly of my favorite radio station in the world to say, other than this one, of course, 105.5 the roar no longer is kelly gramlick with 105.5 because it's a good thing kelly's moving up in the world she is still an acc network analyst she does a terrific podcast gramlick and mac lane with our friend eric mac lane from the acc network Uh, a couple of clemson voices in there right but the fun podcast and uh, they cover all things ACC football, things ACC generally, but, of course, with a focus on football right now. And we're going to ask Kelly a number of things about what was quite an opening weekend for ACC football, right? Syracuse shining probably the brightest in that league. They didn't get any push from Louisville. It wasn't coming down to the end. They weren't making bad calls on the goal line like some teams, looking a bit questionable. Did Clemson kind of shake off? The rust, but I don't quite believe that's a top 10 team. And I got questions about the ACC, and uh, Kelly and Eric cover it as well as anybody. So, one half of the Gramlick and McLean podcast will join us today. Our friend Kelly Gramlick, looking forward to that. Uh, we're certainly going to get into some more SU football stuff today, including what will become kind of a Wednesday staple. We call it Syracuse football over unders. Maybe we'll have to come up with a new uh, title for it. But uh, every Wednesday, Josh and I are. Sort of like the blind side, but we're going to go over some, for entertainment purposes only, aspects of each Syracuse football game. So we'll go over some Syracuse, Connecticut over-unders and other uh, wagers. You can, as Scooter would say, we're mentioning Scooter a lot top of the hour. Shout out to our guy. Uh, As Scooter would say, you might have to find a consultant to uh, go in on some of these things because you still can't bet on Syracuse here in uh, the great state of New York. But we'll have some fun with that later in the show. Uh, hot takes will include uh, this. I got a kick out of this. Not really uh, high point journalism. Not something I'd recommend. Uh, certainly a journalist do in a press conference, uh, particularly some of my students if they were in this situation. But that mean it wasn't hilarious. Uh, what a reporter said to Brian Kelly in his press conference today. I love what Chris Bassett had to say. New York Mets pitcher today. I think he's spot on after he got the win today. Mets uh, playing a doubleheader today, but got a win in the books after a bit of a slide here. We will get to that and uh, much more as we continue. But we start with Syracuse football. Now, what we brought up yesterday, and it was our first day back after the Labor Day weekend, and certainly everybody was uh, still on that high, the buzz uh, still out there, and people really just enjoying what Syracuse did. And eventually you come back down to earth, you look ahead, 
to the next game and you think about how they can, as best they can, stay on pace because, look, some cliches exist for a reason, right? Some cliches are ridiculous, frankly, but some cliches are there for a reason. And while I do not subscribe to the one week at a time theory, as a matter of fact, I just find it hilarious that there are people that tweet me these things. When, as a matter of fact, so before Syracuse even played Louisville, because UConn played, I think, did they play in week zero? Yeah, they played in week zero. Because they've got two games in the books already. They played Utah State and then beat Central Connecticut State. Their starting quarterback goes down. Like, that's kind of a big freaking deal. UConn is Syracuse's second game. By the way, even if it was something about Syracuse's ninth game, I would tell you that. As a matter of fact, uh, we did yesterday. Sam Hartman. Wake Forest quarterback, thankfully, is back. Something we'll talk to Kelly about coming up. He's back. He had a blood clot. That can be a very serious thing. But thankfully, he's cleared. He's good to go. And I thought he'd be back by the Syracuse game. I didn't even know what his medical ailment was. But everything that kind of came out and some people that they were reporting on this, it didn't fit. like they didn't declare him out for the year or anything. They left the window open. He could come back. So now we know he'll be back. So <laughs> I said, before the Louisville game that, hey, guys, uh, you know, UConn starting quarterback is out after week one. That's that's kind of noteworthy, and I'm getting uh, tweets from people. Not a lot of people, but enough. They're like, oh, man, we got Syracuse people looking past Louisville. That's sad. <laughs> Twitter coaches are hilarious. You're hilarious. You don't want to know that? You just want to live in your little bubble and think about nothing but Louisville? Like, grow up. Seriously. It's information out there in the world. But I appreciate the passion of those fans, too. I do. I mock them at times because they can't see beyond their four walls of Syracuse football sometimes, but I get it in a way. Because that one week at a time thing, that's for real within the four walls, theoretically, of a football team. That's how they have to approach things. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. But I'm here to tell you, you live in the real world. And you can try and stay off social media. Someone's going to bring it to your attention. Someone's going to text you. You're going to overhear something on campus, speaking specifically about the team now. Coaches hear and see everything. You know, Dino Babers makes no bones about it, that he's watching, he's listening, he's reading, right? Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. Like, he goes to his press conference, as we played the clip and had some fun with that yesterday, and I get a feather in my cap, right? Why did I get a feather in my cap at that press conference? I got a feather in my cap because I picked Syracuse to win. By the way, heated discussion on the Syracuse football um, chat thread between Nate, Emily Liker, and I about what constitutes a cover or not based on the picks that we make. I wish you guys could see that because that was hilarious. But Dino knows. And I appreciate that about Dino. I like the fact that Dino talks about movies and talks about TV shows and is aware of what's happening beyond the the glare of the film that football coaches watch. I mean, God bless Paul Pasqualoni. The man never left the film room. The man, you know, lived here for a number of years, and the only places you ever heard about Paul Pasqualoni going was the office, the football field, and Brugger's. That's it. 
It's just what he did. He was a football lifer, and that's he just lived in front of the pale glare of a film room. I like that Dino, don't get me wrong, that guy works as hard as any coach, but he, he understands that there's life out there. So the point I'm making here is that one week at a time thing is true in the sense of 12 games, 12 different weeks, but you cannot replicate what you did the week before. You can't get too high, you can't get too low, but you have to do what you can to keep, momentum's not the word, but you have to build on what you did. And the old cliche, speaking of which is why I brought it up, is you make your biggest improvement in football between week one and week two. That Louisville game, as impressive as Syracuse looked, they had a lot of time to get ready for it. If that's the offseason, plenty of film study and trends and what Malik Cunningham does. Dino talked about it in his postgame press conference, a particular route that Louisville loved to run, and they couldn't let that beat them again. And hence Garrett Williams makes that great play, adjust, recognized it, got to it. They almost got beat on it again, but this time they cut it off. Okay? That comes from a lot of time, and even if it was within game week, if you will, they had three or four extra days where they honed in on Louisville. They felt how important that was. Big time ACC game, prime time, home opener. It's a lot to it. This week you're playing Connecticut, a team that is totally different than the one that was on the field last year. I agree with Jim Mora here, and I know Jim is fresh into this situation, but let's not call Syracuse and Connecticut a rivalry. It never was. I've never been a big rivalry guy. Uh, I, it's, every game is just another opportunity to go out and compete and, and play to win. Um, I think if you ride the wave, the up and down wave of, oh, this is a rivalry game, we got to get up, and then the next week it's not a rivalry game, so you're not up, that you become an inconsistent football team. And so that's not going to be my mindset, and hopefully that's not going to be our players' mindset. There should never be Added motive. I don't like added motivation. Is there added motivation this week? No. There should always be the same amount of motivation, which is as much motivation as you can muster to go out and compete that week. That's just, you know, that's my philosophy. I think that's a good philosophy to have. It's just not realistic. Now, I'm not saying there's extra juice because of history or a rivalry. I agree with Jim Mora there. Syracuse, Connecticut football was never a rivalry. And if you tried to, you forced it. They played... 11 games they played in two, from 2004 to 2012 as conference rivals in you know the short-lived Big East football conference. Now, that 12 games, speaking of Paul Pasqualoni, he came back to the Dome. It was a big deal. He was in Connecticut. But go look at the history of those games. There was one close game. Either Syracuse kicked Connecticut's ass or, frankly, they kicked ours a few times. Rivalry is such an overused term. That was never a rivalry, and it never will be in football. But there's a Northeast aspect to it. They're recruiting against each other. UConn's trying to get back on the comeback trail. It's a primetime game for them, night game. I'm not sure what attendance is looking like quite yet. I'll look into that before you know the end of the week is over and get, and get the buzz and the feel on that. But this week's different than last week. But different can be good. Different's not always bad. Different's not always humbling. Different can be good because now you know what you're capable of. They didn't know what they were capable of against Louisville. They came out of that game and said, whoa, hold on a second here. We're pretty darn good. So how you harness that into the next week is always the challenge. How you come back off that high and try and counter the human element of this thing. 
is huge. Now, I think UConn is a team that Syracuse should beat if they remember what time the game is, just by matchups alone. You have got a freshman quarterback out there making a second start. You have a team that, and it's now they have got a couple games in the book, so I guess that gives them somewhat of an edge. But you got a team that has turned the ball over a bunch here. They didn't lose all these turnovers, but have a propensity to turn the ball over early on. I know that Mora brought in some transfers, and they have a new attitude. I believe the uh, color guy for UConn was on earlier with Orange Nation, and there's a clip that we have on our ESP, either the ESPN or the Q Sports Talk Twitter feed. Like, this is a different team than they played last year. Well, it doesn't make them a good team, but they're a dangerous team, right? Syracuse is a 21-point favorite. They're, they're 20 points, depending on uh, which uh, service you uh, are a customer of. They're feeling good about themselves. They played well, but they should because they're the better team, and they have 17 starters back, and they've got NFL talent at the places we know they have it. UConn does not. UConn is a team in its third game under a new coach trying to crawl out of a very deep hole. How Syracuse keeps that momentum going is key, and how they can keep that momentum going is balance, Look at the run-pass balance from last week. Robert and I certainly didn't show everything against Louisville. You showed more in game one than you would typically want to, but there's a lot more back there that Connecticut is going to say, where the hell did that come from? So balance is important. You obviously have to stay healthy. I don't even want to say that because that that's the most obvious one, and Syracuse has lost a couple of key guys. I wrote a column about this today. You know, Lost in the shuffle and the euphoria of that win – your backup quarterback got on the field twice. It was a fluky thing because Garrett Schrader lost his helmet, but there was Carlos Del Rio Wilson on the field in the first quarter. A little bit of a scare, but a much bigger scare when you have your star tailback writhing in pain on the field. His backup, who ran on the field, I think held his own. LaQuint Allen had a nice pass catch for six yards, had a nice carry for nearly a first down, set up the field goal. That kid was playing in his first college game. He's number two on the depth chart. He's the guy behind the guy, which tells you, and this is no offense to LaQuinn Allen, the gap that is there. Now, I think Allen's going to be a very talented player. He's the Gatorade Player of the Year in Jersey. He's got the numbers, but he's a freshman. Sean Tucker is Sean Tucker. So that shows you the fine line Syracuse is, is kind of straddling there. We saw that. We, we saw a speed record for people praying the rosary for Sean Tucker to get up off that turf and come back out there in the second half, which he did. But that's the fine line you have in football. So, look, health is obvious, but it has to be noted there. But the confidence that this team gained, and I understand it's a different circumstance because now you're on the roads. So you have to be more of a self-starter, and you can't just feed off the crowd. The crowd made a difference in that game, it affected Malik Cunningham. You're not going to have that on your side. If anything, this is a truer test. You're going to really see what you got here because you make that improvement between week one and week two, but the improvement can come from confidence. The improvement can come from, hey, look what we did last week because we're a good football team. You're not going to have all those elements in this game, but you get to me what is the benefit of playing a beatable team to get to 2-0 and and then go into that stretch of games 
where I think people are excited about what Syracuse is capable of there, but you have to keep improving. Every week is a different story. Syracuse has the elements to do it. How they make that leap between week one and week two is going to be crucial because game planning for week one and game planning in week two are completely different things. There's still a lot of stuff maybe you have left over from camp that you can carry into week two, but then you really just start getting into Jimmy's and Joe's and matchups and the real deal football stuff. And I feel like that's why Syracuse, I mean, it's early in the week to be making predictions, but, you know, why hold back here? That's why I think this team is is going to steamroll Connecticut, to be honest with you. But as we're going to talk about with Kelly Graham looking in a few minutes, football's weird. The ACC had a weird weekend, and the minute you talk yourself into something being absolute in sports, it always loves to remind you, like, no, that's not how this works. So I'm not quite on the Syracuse is going to beat Connecticut by 30 points no matter what. It wouldn't stun me if, say, they covered the spread. But, man, after the way they manhandled one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, now you're playing a freshman quarterback making, what, a second start? They might get a spurt. They might get some momentum. They might get the crowd behind them and flash a few things Syracuse hasn't seen, but that's not how you beat a team straight up. That's not how you beat a good team straight up. And I, after one week, I think Syracuse is a good team. Can they be great is the question. Great teams win these games with no worries beyond extenuating circumstances like injuries and, and freaky things. I'm interested to hear Kelly Gramlich's thoughts on this team. I know what she thinks of Garrett Schrader. Did a very interesting uh, musical accompaniment to their podcast on that this week. We'll talk about that and much more coming up. Before we do, though, let us see how things uh, broke on the market today. I don't know what Lee listens to during the day when he's uh, navigating the ups and downs of the stock market, but he joins us now to tell us how things went. How's it going, bud? I'm doing well, Brent. Uh, actually, we had an update today, so even better. The Dow was up almost 500 points, so we're back. Um, my diamond today, I think you'll appreciate this one, Wingstop, uh, up almost, what, 9% yesterday, 5% today. So Never that's been. just in time for the Never been Bills been. game tomorrow. Never been Never to Wingstop. Nope. I've had plenty well. of wings at other places. Never been to a Wingstop. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, very appropriate that they'd be up the day before Bill's Mafia takes over the world. Tomorrow. Very good. Exactly. And then we do have a dog, uh, Corn Ferry, is a consulting and staffing firm, down 11%. Uh, the headhunters got their head handed to them today. Uh, and there I, you have it. I love the puns. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Sure you do. Okay. <laughs> be good. I love it. I love it. He's, just, he's ready. He, knows, he gets this. He gets this whole thing. That's fantastic. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate it. Lee Baldwin and company. There's the man himself. The, do- the name on the door. Go talk to him. Get stock advice and, and funny puns. So you have all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. Let's break and come back with our friend Kelly Gramlich. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here. 
There's Josh, fellow Bills fan. You agree with me. Like, where would you hear me come on a format like this and say, please stop giving my team love? It's usually the opposite. Right? Usually fans right. like, you're not giving my team enough love. You're giving my team too much love, and you need to stop it. I also just feel like kind of a jerk, though, saying yeah. this after wanting them to love our team for yes. years. Yes, it's a it's a weird position to be in, but tell me I'm wrong here. You're not. Okay, tell me, even if you're not a Bills fan out there, you're probably sick of hearing about them, right? And I don't blame you. I don't. Now, I love the fact that they're the opening night game. I love the fact that they're thought of highly enough to be in prime time as much as they are. Like, they backed it up. That Chiefs-Bills game is one of the greatest games you'll ever watch in your life. They're entertaining. Josh Allen is fun. He's on everybody's fantasy team. Like, that's justified. All that's justified. But all the hype, it's just making me nervous. It's freaking me out. I don't love that they're the opening night game. I do. I love that. I, I love it that's for cool. them. I don't like it for me. That's cool. I don't really. I'd rather just enjoy watching them on a Sunday. But. Well, it's all about you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's all about you, buddy. So Josh has come in not only to rant about the Bills, but uh, we had some fun with this last week. So I think we're going to do this uh, going into each Syracuse football game uh, from a certain point of view because Josh and Jordan and everybody are always talking about, uh, for entertainment purposes only, certain angles on the game. But this is fun just to go over, right? Some over-under, some some different questions that kind of make you think about uh, the Syracuse, in this case, Connecticut game from a numbers perspective. Well, here's the thing. You said you had fun last week. I did. Clearly, you don't remember what some of your picks were. Uh-oh. Do you want me to get to the record? Well, yeah. All why right. not? So let me, Let's go over it. So looking back at it, after you got seven picks, right? You finished with two wins and five losses and lost a total of 4.25 units. Ooh, that's bad. Not great. <laughs> that's not great. Not great. I'm in the hole already. Week one. We got time. It's just week one. Now, what are the rules? I can double down some units. You you can put multiple units on whichever ones. So you typically, want. I'm putting one unit on these. Things. Yes. Last okay. week, the only two unit pick you made was Malik Cunningham over 254 and a half total yards, which was not a winner. How could that not be a winner? That's I know why, but that like I felt right. so good about that. All right. So everybody out there, just so you know, like. I'm already four units in the hole here as we go through it. Well, right. now it's time to crawl back. Long season, Brad. I already feel how you guys feel all the time about your bets, and it's only been a week. Okay? This is why I don't do fantasy football anymore. It's just too stressful. Let's right. go. First one. We do have to get new music for this. <laughs> More of a college theme, but for now, just just go with it. We'll start you off with a simple one. Okay. Just- over or under 49 points. Now, my pick coming out tomorrow on Syracuse.com would certainly be the over there. I got the over. One unit. Just going one unit. I'm not two or three unit confident in that. This, but I feel like we'll hit the over. All right. Next one for you here. Did we'll, we, we didn't hit it last week, right? Because we it was did, 31-7. Right, we did not hit the over no, last we didn't. week. I don't remember what the number was, but it definitely was less, more than 30. For sure it was more than 30. Moving on, we'll look at Garrett Schrader we now. We got it this week. So there's a unit back. There you go. I'm up to three. Okay. 
big week for Garrett Schrader last week. Will he be able to do it again is the question. We set the line at over under 299 and a half total yards, not just passing total yards. Under. For him. Because I think that there's going to be a defensive score in this game. And we'll I feel like in a minute. Sean Tucker is going to go off in this game. Trader will play well, but you'll look at the numbers at the end and be like, oh, not what you thought it was. I'm going to take the under on 299 total yards from Schrader. All right. Now over to Sean Tucker. I feel like there's going to be a garbage touchdown in there from some backups. Like I feel like Syracuse is going to win this game pretty convincingly. So You would hope. It's UConn. Good take the under on Okay, we're up to two now. Sean Tucker over under 169 and a half total yards. Two units over. Give me two units over. I think they're going to have a real hard time stopping Sean Tucker. All right. And I'll tell you right now, just so you can be prepared for the future, those three that I just gave you, the over under, and then the Schrader and the Tucker, we're going to have those every week. Got to keep a little bit Good of consistency, know. then we'll get into some fun ones. Good to know. I like that. I like that. Every week we got to make a decision about it. Right. Then next one for you here on the defensive side. How many sacks do you think they're going to get over under three and a half? We got a quarterback making a second start. Does have some mobility. What's the number at? Three and a half. Three and a half. Had three last week. Syracuse had three. Had three. How many times did that kid get sacked last week? Do we know that? Central I do Connecticut not State. know that off the top of my head. I'm going to say under. I feel like they'll get some pressure on them. They're going to force them. See, if we get to turnovers, whatever it is, I'm taking the over. I think there's going to be... I think they get at least four turnovers in this game. But in that case, sacks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the under. Right. One unit. All right. We'll move on to the next one here. I think I know where you're going to go because you kind of mentioned it, but I'll read out the full list anyway. Okay. Who do you think is going to score a touchdown? At any point in the game, anytime touchdown scorer, you got Sean Tucker at minus 400, Garrett Schrader at minus 175. I'll add that that's not passing, just rushing or, I guess, somehow receiving too if that happens. Rondé Gadsden plus 200, Courtney Jackson plus 110, Damian Alford plus 200, Devon Cooper plus 200, or defense or special teams plus 350. Give me that one. Yep. How'd it feel? Give me that one. Because remember, the way we're doing this, like, we know Sean Tucker's going to score, but I don't get good value on it. Right. Same thing with Schrader. I feel like there's going to be a defensive touchdown in this game. Call your shot. I love it. Calling it right now. Wouldn't stun me if there was a special teams, but I'm not going to take that leap and pick it. I'm not going to go two units, but I'm going to go good value Defensive touchdown. Well, I'm, I'm giving you defense or special teams. Or, oh, so there you go. So either way, bonus, I get the bonus either way. All right, now we're on to the fun ones. Last two here. Total number of snaps for Carlos Del Rio Wilson Ooh, over under two and a half. This is good. Definitely over. Hopefully Garrett Schrader has fixed his chin strap. That was an interesting one. Certainly getting over on that. I'm not going to go two units, but I feel pretty confident about that. Feel like we're going to get some fourth court. Last week, it was that circumstance, and LaQuint Allen had to come in for an injured Sean Tucker, as we saw our worst nightmare play out before our very eyes. 
This week it's going to be garbage time. It will not be. Somebody asked me about this in the chat. There were a few people that felt like Schrader and Tucker stayed in maybe a series too late last week. I get that. I understand that. This week you're going to see Carlos Del Rio Wilson, LaQuint Allen, and uh, several other backups in Syracuse is up big in the fourth quarter. Let's get everybody healthy and get the hell out of here. All right. There you go. Last one for you here. Okay. Another one over under two and a half. Total references to the six overtime game. Under, but it will be referenced. Once or twice. Definitely will be referenced. Just once. Just It'll once. be brought up. All right. It'll be brought up. It's the CBS Sports Network. What helps you is that it's probably, at least hopefully, not going to be a close game. Because you know exactly. if it's a close game and they were looking at overtime, you'd dumping say we out seen the this filler. movie before. They're going to be dumping out the filler material. Right. That's definitely one of them. Hey, you know these two used to play basketball back in 2009. They played well into the night. Definitely, but not the over. Two and a half. That's, that's too much. That's too much. Like, I was thinking it might be. How do you be- come back to that later? You knew there would be at least one. I didn't want to say one and a half, though, so I went with two. I felt like two now, was a little too small. you take the over on that if you feel like it's a close game, and these two go to overtime. Right. No. That will not be happening. Josh is going to stick around and take us on the blind side. Stay right there.